spent five days in Maine, saw a personal hero, got threatened by someone with handlebars and uh, way too much garden gnome-like qualities, I feel like, to get past my very strategic arm shield thing, you know, that thing you do to keep wrestlers at bay, which means it's time for Verbal Tap the Show that proves fighting way easier from outside the cage, but be careful getting mixed up in it at a KOA in Maine. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, do you think I could have taken random handlebar guy? Yes. Thank you. Oh, so my nephew said that, too. He's like, I'm glad Uncle's here. He's a good fighter. Oh, it's like, yeah, it was horrible. The, it was, but it was like, uh, I can definitely say I was not going to fight this old man. I can assure you, had he come at me with enough gusto, which I felt like was improbable. Because he was sitting in a golf cart at the time when he yelled, I'm the new sheriff. <laughs> he yelled it at my mother, Raph. He yelled at no, my mother. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. So I had to casually get, in, get involved in the situation and explain he needed to fix his tone. In which case, he got uppity with me. My sister stepped in and kind of negotiated. Kevin spacey it from the negotiator. Uh. But... I would. Oh, damn it! Oh, uh, yeah. Let's use a different one. Uh, yeah, just live, right? You could hear it. Doesn't even. That's such uh, a good he, movie. Who can he, we get? Al Pacino Eddie in it? it in the movie Metro, which he's also thank in a you movie. Thank you. Way less of uh, <laughs> that we know of just... right now at, at current date. You may hear this in the future. Eddie Murphy is not being accused. He might have done some stuff. We don't know, okay? Like, we just want to post-date this. Uh, Okay. Uh, This is welcome to Verbal Tap. You tell Raph and I haven't spoken for six days because they don't have the internet in Maine. They don't have it. And fighting is much easier from outside the cage. And, Kev, I got to tell you, uh, on my side, do you think I could take a random Instagram user who punches a bag? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's the best part. And guys, this is why we like doing memes. So we'll get straight into our news, which is this. One of the memes that we put up this week was about Conor McGregor. Okay. So he basically went out and said the following statement, Kevin. And I, I think you know. I speak fluent. Conor. Yeah, I was going to go. Do you want to go ahead and uh, bring in the live voice translator for it. <laughs> you know, for right now, I think I'm just going to use the uh, Google app that I have to read this statement because it was actually read by his lawyer. So he never actually really said said it. He kind of said some bullshit in court. Um, that upsets but- me deeply. I hope his lawyer is Irish. I would be so mad if his Irish guy was like, uh, yes, hi, I'd like to read a statement from Mr. McGregor, if that's okay with everyone. It's like, what the? F- get this guy out of here. Well, the word on the street is what I'm about to read is what he read in court or said in court. Perfect. And I don't believe that. But here's what the champ champ was alleged as saying via his lawyer. I regretted me actions that led to today. <laughs> me understand the seriousness of this matter and me hopeful this will get worked out. Thank you, everyone. Okay. So because I speak fluent and I'm putting this in the weird translator that we have. So there we have it. Uh, what he actually meant was, please don't take me fucking money. <laughs> please. I and really so, love it. I love my money. What's great about this? So now we have people. We have the uh, the amateur hour. 
who chime in and say it should be fucking instead of fucking. Now, I want to tell you why I made this stylistic choice. It's not an accident. I, I'm okay, though, with the debate. I always appreciate when people are like, uh, hey, can I mildly nitpick the spelling of one of the words <laughs> on your joke? That's one of my favorite things. Uh, the the way I explained it to somebody on here was I said to them putting just an uh, asterisk that said fucking and I said, here's my reasoning. Normally, I don't really tell you how the sausage is made. But uh, when one Keith Kikorian came in and goes, hey, I don't know, it's supposed to be fucking. And I was like, first of all, I've never heard you curse like this ever in your life. So you don't get to explain. Stay gold, how Keith. Curse. Stay gold. It says, for the purpose of this joke, number one, because it was in translation into English, not a phonetic slang. I made it like this. And two, not just because everyone does it one way makes it right. Now, see, this is a certain thing that's a tribal connerism that when his fans feel attacked, they respond by being very angry. So we had one particular, you know, sometimes you Mm -hmm. take after your owner. That's just what I've heard. (laughs) To that extent, Kevin, the next one we made was there was a guy from Barstool Sports who went out and made signs that said, the champ champ does what the fuck he wants, free Connor. Now, a lot of people were saying to us, yo, you didn't do your research. This was a guy who was trolling. To which I say to you, okay. No, duh. It's a weird fucking dude who made signs. You don't think the first thing that goes through your head is, why is this guy doing this? For the purpose of our sake, we look at that shit and we go, oh, let's meme the fuck out of this. Because guess what? If this guy isn't like that, there's going to be a lot of Connor fans who are. And lo and behold, Kev, when you make fun of Connor fans, they take it very deeply. That's kind of what makes it fun, right? <laughs> I mean, the reason it's really great to make fun of a New Yorker is they're immediately like, it's fucking go time. All right, yeah. here we go. Game, set, match. And here's a teaser that's coming up in the show. Raph and I have a serious disagreement about Colby Covington versus Gary Tonin. 100%. So So, disagreement's healthy. 100%. The the weirdest part about this is... But it's really fun with those those very... (laughs) (laughs) They have, like, these blinders on. It's extra fun. No other fans are like that. Diaz fans just flip you the bird and are like, don't have time or the energy to read that much. Only Connor fans go that crazy. So this one guy was saying that Connor has more fans, period. He has the most intelligent fans, which all the way sounds oh, <laughs> And just uh, like this show has the thinnest, handsomest hosts. It's so fun to <laughs> use that. Well, don't worry. I was called fat by the guy at least three times. And I was like, yo, dog, this is hilarious. Yeah, call me fat all you want, man. Where are we at in this body shaming of Raph in 2018? Like, everybody chill. I mean, listen, dude, uh, the best part about this to me is as I'm reading this and I'm going down this series of semi-coherent incoherence, um, the best is he goes, you just don't understand him, his style, or his intellect. You boy and B-O-I, so take what you will from that, are a casual meme guy. Now, I want to tell you this, Kev. Casual? I'm many things, but I'm not a casual meme guy. <laughs> you are in a dedicated, long-term relationship <laughs> with memes. So I just like the fact that as 
he continued to do this. One of the things that made me uh, enamored with this conversation was he kept saying, he's like, no, I just schooled your ass. You have nothing to say, but cry laugh emoji. You're a hypocrite, which is not even remotely spelled correctly. And the best part to me, Kevin, this is the moment when I got a lot of notes that just said, no, no, please keep proving how undelusional Connor fans are. You're doing a great job. So I just, did. you're, well, I mean, as a casual podcaster, we just <laughs> find the term, it's endearing. I love the it fans. Is this is the, what we live for, and we're up for a few more rounds of uh, drunken Irishness. Be careful when you internet and drunk, people. It's very dangerous. Yeah. And here's the nice part about this, guys. Uh, we usually just, we're enamored by it. We think it's funny. And uh, the one thing that we will say is kind of a precursor to individuals who are looking to be this kind of a troll. Just be funny. And then, if you can't be funny, uh, don't insult people. Because I don't care what you say about me. If Trying to call me fat is, like, the funnest thing in the world. Uh, because not only does it show you don't know how to do casual insults even remotely well, but if you can't come up with a good you're as fat as blank joke, then I'm just really, really disappointed. <laughs> But when they're doing this thing and they're insulting uh, some of the other fans who are literally destroying them and they have no idea, that's when we say, well, your ride is over. So I'm sorry for your 14 minutes of fame, but more importantly, your 88 followers desperately need you to get back to punching a bag. And... I want to sponsor this next segment, Raph. This is hot take galore. Raph is apparently Team Gary Tonin, which I don't know what's up and what's down in 2018, but that news alert came across my phone oh, while wow. I was in Maine, and it was a, one of those Telegram news alerts because they don't have <laughs> internet, so I couldn't get it via my phone. Someone walked up to me and handed me an envelope that just said, Raph endorses Gary Tonin. It was like, no! So before we get there... Please get the, there. The first thing I did when I got back to Denver was mix some core blueberry with hey. a little bit of water and rehydrate my life because it is dry as F in Colorado. It's hot. I got sunburnt. I felt immediately better. Everything you need before, during, and after exercise and sometimes vacation. Core could be used as a snack between meals and for any time refreshment. I used it as a life-saving device. Simply put, Core is perfect for everyone every day. I love the 100% biodegradable packaging. It makes me happy, especially as I see the wonderful wildlife of Maine so well-preserved. I'm just talking about the locals, but the scenery was beautiful too. Proven nutrition, everything you need. Everything that will rehydrate your life when you get back. I swear, Raph, I was like, I reached for it. I was like, give me my core back. I have no time to scoop it out. I need the one that's pre-measured. So once again, just compliments to our friends. ProvenNutrition.com. Put Raph 10, put Kevin 10, and show us who you love more. Straight up competition. Hey, guy with 88 followers. You want to get it, Raph? Buy $7,000 worth of stuff in core nutrition with Kevin 10. That will teach him. There's nothing funnier, Kevin, than making fun of the 
less fortunate. Sure. And, you know, we're, we're blessed with a following <laughs> and with yes fans. Man. And yeah. I think it's rude to really put that in his face. Um, we also get paid to do this, so it's like, yikes. <laughs> um, but let's say this, Kev. What's the best way, if you were to say punch a bag, what, like, would be the best apparel to wear to support you for that? easy it's the same thing you wear when you're trying to get all brody and get in the atlantic ocean when it's 45 degrees north south jiu-jitsu underwear absolutely how else are you supposed to keep warm keep snug and avoid the backlash of the bag if you're not very good at it sometimes i fall <laughs> right north south jiu-jitsu.com you're what's i i don't want to get personal what size are you um you know I'm, i mean i'm fat so I'm whatever that size is. You're, but you're not bottom half. You are not fa- like you, especially you, you get uh, shaped like a. V- your head is large. And your torso <laughs> gets smaller. Then your sure. legs get even smaller. You're <laughs> a real life anime character some of the time. I want to make sure that this is the first time I've ever heard Kevin has tried to sum up in a way that like makes sense for people like, oh, they have an hourglass frame. Uh, what does Raph look like? Um, it's complicated. <laughs> Allow me to expound on this. It's better if I have a diagram. It's just like a sideways <laughs> forward. Okay, well, I'm an A4 man. And what I appreciate about them is they've followed me through about 15 to 20 pounds of fluctuation. Godspeed to my north south. By the way, putting in Pulitzer Prize level work this, uh, this off season for me. Raph, mm. this is important. Yeah, Colby I feel Covey like you misrepresented Tim. me here, though. But I'm gonna let oh, you. Oh, what are you at A two? I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 not on the the thing. I think I'm A four too. Um, let me let me see if I can get this straight. Do you have been misleading the people here into believing that I just blindly support Gary Tony. Oh, that's just what I saw. So I mean, once again, the messenger handed me the envelope. I stared at the thing. I was like, "Wow, you defend yourself." Well, okay. What happened? Moment of weakness then? In, in no, the no, 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 no. Okay. So here's what happened. Colby Covington goes on the MMA Roasted podcast. Our friend Adam Hunter. He talks with him. He says his Our casual controversial place acquaintance, Adam Sure. Hunter. That's fine. He's left us a message roasting us better than any person punching a bag ever could, Kevin. Yeah, he but was quite good. <laughs> it was really funny. Like that to us made us laugh profusely. Uh, but Colby was saying that BJJ is a cult. Okay. Then he mentioned how these jujitsu guys are lame and they're not really good at what they do. And he knows that because he beats Adolfo in training all the time and that he thinks Gary Tonin is a dork, which I agree with, but that he could beat him in jujitsu. Because, mm-hmm, and that he also trains regularly huh? with Shoeface. No, and that Shoeface is somebody he gets the better of. And no, that he would okay, be- hold on. That would both of those. Those are two interesting people to pick. Uh, that fascinates me. And to be fair, I think the Hodolfo might have been a one-time thing. I'm not exactly sure the context he put it in. Whenever you hear Kobe Covington talk, you just it, go, what am I supposed to take? It is hard to track, with? yeah, time and space. He does struggle to stay in like the same, especially gl- grammatically. It's like he just referenced something in the past, I think, for now. I, I don't 
And when you hear him try to figure out how to be a heel in every situation rather than being an interesting person, it does get a little mundane. So you kind of tune him out for a large portion of the time. Um, And here we are. So he puts out a challenge (laughs) to Gary. Gary hears of it and says, "Uh, well, I would love it. I'm down. And then does his whole dumb shtick of yeah i'll fuck your mother or this 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 somehow tyrone woodley is getting involved now and saying that he would crush colby covington and then this is where it gets really weird kevin colby covington's sister involves herself awesome and i think then Tyrone Woodley says that he rejected her and has the DM receipts to prove it. So that's odd. Gary then goes on a field day, and I think the sister went after Gary too. Nice. Okay. Good job, so, Gary. This is essentially state of the world for all things verbal tap, <laughs> BJJ, First of all, and MMA. This is what I should get news alerts about. Like this should be my gossip column business. This sounds <laughs> amazing. This is a fun storyline. First of all, I don't like that move, Tyrone Woodley. It's just not very gentlemanly. I'm going to say it when someone slides into your DMs, not not a not a stand-up thing to put it on blast later. That said, thank you so much for putting it on blast later because that's what Gary Tonin needs. That's the fumble on the punt return that he's just squeaking by. Can I make my argument? Yeah, of course. For why I'm shocked by the news that you've turned heel. So no way could Colby Covington beat Rodolfo Vieira. I don't believe that for a second. And no way could he beat Shoeface. No way do I believe that for a second, whom we genuinely have got to learn his real name. We genuinely, someone's going to be Antonio like, Antonio, Mr. Shoeface. I don't really know his <laughs> I, I, Mr. Wasn't Mr. Shoeface's dad? I don't remember. <laughs> well, well, look, we'll get it noted in the footnotes of the show later. Uh, here's who Colby Covington would definitely fuck up. Little Gary Tonin from around the block is just going to mm. get choked into submission. He's going to be. 50 shadesing it in a not complimentary way. It's going to be very difficult hey, to hey, watch. Kevin, and he's going to get me, choked. Okay, hold on. I need to respond. Uh, Gary here. You know, I like getting choked and stuff. I do it all the time. I have Gordon do it in the sexual way with whatever he's dating. I don't know what their deal is. Are they sister or brother? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'll say this. I'll beat him. And now I'm offering to uh, get a tattoo on my butt cheek of him going ahead and uh, teabagging me. And that Gary, would be on the record, for the third time, offering to tattoo his butt cheek. This time it is extremely hard to tell the context. If Colby, when Colby submits you, you'll get a tattoo? Uh, yeah, that, that, was the, <laughs> that was actually what I said. This is not part of the bit. This is something I actually said on my Twitter as awesome. stakes. That's. that's <laughs> uh, I want to be on the record. I just want to be completely in. I don't know if I could get wages in Vegas. I'm on Team Covington. You get your ass kicked. She might. Uh, well, okay, that's fine. But my new best friend, Roth, and I, uh, we both see what's really going to happen. I'm just going to rip off part of his leg. 
it was a real moment when he flashed the Gary signal and you flashed the Raf signal and you two met under the Brooklyn I, Bridge I, I in one of those. Gary, 50- listen, I appreciate you coming on our show. Um, I understand that, but dude, I just I don't want to root for you. I don't. I don't yeah. ever like being on the exact same side here. But the enemy of my enemy is confusing. Like, I'm not really sure who I'm supposed to like in this scenario, but I know it's not him. So I guess I have to root for Gary. Either way, you can interview the winner. I think that's nice. And the loser, probably. Man, I don't even know that I would want to interview Colby. I think he would be too much of a mess to interview. Like... It's hard for me to watch. I want to see your eyebrows do that thing they do when someone <laughs> when someone takes a sharp right from logic. It's just like you always like throw it up. Uh, Letterman used to do something similar. He'd fix his glasses, and it was like, okay, and like look off to those. I love those small cues. Because I can't help it, Kevin. If you wouldn't be able to I, do five, Joe Rogan's the worst. He does a full eye roll every time he look. can't fucking track something. And it's like, Joe, hide your eyes, man. More subtle. But it bugs me when real interviewers or people holding up a microphone, if you want to call them that, look at him, hand him the microphone, hold it in front of his face and say, what? That should be... <laughs> What we all respond to whenever he says some nonsense, because when crazy speaks crazy, it makes it seem normal in this day and age when you don't go. Could you clarify that? Do you just mind hitting me with what you mean? Do you mind explaining what you meant that you would come in their face? Because <laughs> I just I, 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 I wasn't I, I wasn't wildly clear on what you meant. Did you mean consensually? I hope you meant consensually. I mean, I hope you meant consensually. And why would your penis be? You know what? That's all between you guys. So it feels intimate. Do... It just feels intimate. It's like I'm gonna lick your dick. It's like you're gonna do. Excuse me. What? Why did you? <laughs> why did it go that direction? Raph, I think we crushed this one. <laughs> this. I do want to get one more topic before we go. Uh, talk to good old Johnny Callistine from the old corner on the Bronx crew that used to wreck legs and uh, listen to an excessive amount of 80s jazz, up-tempo jazz. Raf, UFC 225 featured CM Punk, who has now been advised after what was not a great performance, but was the jiu-jitsu performance of the evening, unanimously. We all were like, that was it. <laughs> and that's not, I mean, it's a compliment. It's also, it wasn't one of those cards that was the industry standard. It was more like he did his best night. CM Punk is been, I guess, advised, and this is what you're telling me to head towards BJJ, and I want to say as clear as I could possibly say, yes, that's the exact right move for him. Okay. This is the exact right move for anyone with B-list celebrity status, and he has A-list celebrity status. Jiu-Jitsu is sort of D-list celebrity status. But it's cool celebrity status. And you know what the celebrity statuses of that A, B, C, maybe W for wrestler situation mm. don't do? They don't fight on the circuit. I can't get John Wick 3 to fight Ashton Kutcher, though I know who I'm taking. And it's the guy that started Point Break, the good one. There is a clear delineation here for him to come in, put that gi on, take it off, who gives an ass. 
fight some legends, get his ass kicked, start winning some matches, and he's going to find uh, jiu-jitsu is probably uh, a hell of a lot easier than MMA. <laughs> Definitely easier on the head and the face. I'm going to speak directly to our listeners right now. You may think that Kevin prepares this and sits down and types this out. But this is all off the top of his head. This is 100% Kevin responding. Uh, this is his Walter Cronkite moment each week and week in, week out. To sit there and go, you know another thing about CM Punk? He's what we would call a C-list, now D4. I don't know really what he is. What letter um, is, is former pro important. wrestler? But I it's, don't, it's I don't. more so the, the timber and the, the veer of him getting out there and getting the opportunity to say one thing, which is CM Punk's a, a complex individual because we were counting on him to bring in some views. And by we, I meant MMA fans because I got bad Dana. news for you. Especially well, Dana, Dana. Dana, Dana really put himself helpful. very publicly out there. Uh, we've always said that he's a draw. He is, but not for pay-per-views on this last one was, because see. it looked like the first time when he cleared 450 K this second time, it is estimated that he only brought in 150. Now it's on record that all star doesn't bring in the people. Uh, I, if I'm guessing Kevin, you had alluded that you didn't love the card all that much. So Colby and RDA aren't really draws. And that leaves oh. the top of your card, which was Yoel Whitaker too, who have proven not to draw before either. So the conventional wisdom was, all right, CM Punk, we're all hoping you bring in a little bit of that last Tinkerbell magic that you've got before we got to kill you. And the sad part is, children, he didn't draw. I had revised one of my predictions when I made one of the memes and I said, you know what? I think he's being put on there as like a stop loss as an actual individual, like his fight career. None of us ever thought, Oh, he deserves to be there. But for a draw perspective, you go, Oh, for pay-per-view. Yeah. He's really all they got. I mean, he drew 450 K there hasn't been a single pay-per-view this year that has drawn more than 450 K Kevin. Really? So, mm -mm. So now, when you look at it, I said, all right, I hope that's the case. I had guesstimated 200K. The fact that it came to 150 was like, oh, fuck. That was definitely everybody who saw him fight the first time who said, nope, we're good. <laughs> it, it, so you said I was excited about the card. That would be an accurate summation. But specifically, I was really not excited to pay for the card. And they don't yeah. discount these mofos. Yeah. They just keep wrenching them out, and you're like, ah, damn it, I need to cover this professionally because it's super helpful to see right. these. But my damn, man, like you're really going to charge us for what? Dos Anjos Covington? Like, woo-woo. This lacked star appeal. They have been very plagued with steroids and, you know, retirement nostalgic issues i don't think the ufc has done a lot to stay relevant to younger generations and that's because it's like an old old person statement hey, kevin they, can back that up with facts that is true 
they just don't seem to be doing anything to give a shit about that either. They don't seem to be trying to change it, make it faster. Maybe not have seven hours of fights every damn time you do an event, which we were like, <laughs> oh, you don't support the fighters? It's like, who, who am I supporting? 16 people <laughs> on an undercard? I won't get the chance to like properly thank or acknowledge. Like, There's a lot of things the UFC just seems to not be changing at all, and it makes me a little nervous that they're not. I think the convention is that if they go to a town, they want to make it worth their while. So I get it. I understand it. It's tough to do. The fight business in mass doesn't make sense because they do it so many times. In fact, right now, it's the who wants to be a Dana White millionaire. We get it. It's weird. In the case of this, though, I'll mention one other thing. So clearly CM Punk didn't draw and actually was probably one that Dana White was super pissed about. So when people were arguing he wasn't worth the 500 k he got paid, um, I think it's a separate issue on two occasions. One, people were really pissed that other fighters weren't getting paid as much, including many of the female fighters. Only three people, I think, had a higher paycheck than CM Punk. So again, that's all based off of fight scale. All of those people are much better fighters. So there's no question on that. But two, where were the fuck were you guys complaining about that fighter pay any other week because holy fuck fighters haven't been paid this little for just a week or a month this is an actual issue that we have so the ufc spent 500k and i'll tell you this much right now if you're going on press and i'm not saying it has to be good or bad press press alone ended up getting them their money's worth because Every single bad person who was at least talking about that pay-per-view actually brought up an event that nobody ended up buying. And some people have said, Kevin, that maybe it's because they have been rising the prices. I get that. Yeah. And now it's like 64 and 59 to order it. That, that That's a hike. And we've been continuing to build it up without really getting more bang for our buck and less star power. So... I'll also add one more theory, which is Colby Covington. I think it was a repudiation on him as well, because if his antics are working, guess what? Not that many people were interested to buy it. So I think it'll be they're going to look at him, I think, on his next couple fights to see exactly how much people are interested in watching him, because I don't know how much of a draw uh, Tyrone is in himself. So. Tyron plus fucking Covington is looks kind of not great on paper for pay-per-views, but who knows? I mean, sadly, that's kind of where they are in the sport. And this is where, as we transition out of uh, shitting on the UFC and talking to John Callistein, though, this is one of our favorite things. I, I would like to comment, you know how hostile they've been to the press? And journalists, <laughs> that seems to be uh, kind of catching up with them a little bit on the ass-biting tour of 2018, where they can't seem to get anyone in the door. And I want to hit you with this what-if, Raf, because maybe mm. we're wrong and we're not undervaluing CM Punk in this card. Maybe CM Punk is the only reason this card wasn't a historic catastrophe. Honestly, I've gone over that scenario in my head. But I do want to give some credence to people who were very angry with him and said that he's not a draw. And to a certain extent, 
he was not the draw he was. That's one third of the audience that tuned in that first time. So I think people might feel validated about that. Um, however, I'll say this. If that's the new normal, the UFC is in a bit of trouble. So it'll be interesting to see what the next pay-per-view numbers come through as. Uh, and there's going to be a little bit of a apples and oranges case because usually their July 6th card is supposed to be one of their power cards. So they've got Cormier, they've got Stipe for the international fight week. It's usually where they use all of their marketing. So here's hoping they rebound for that one. The next one's an L.A. market. And guess what? You get Henry Cejudo versus Mighty Mouse, part due, and part due of Colby and TJ. So get ready for what we'll call the deuce card early yep. before anyone gets <laughs> the chance to steal it from us. Let's go talk to Johnny C. Okay, Kev, there's an interesting thing happening in the world of jiu-jitsu. Apparently, you've got to call somebody out. Then you've got to do a social media campaign that's worse than any talk show campaign appearance any movie star has to do. And then you have to be entertaining, yeah. you have to be funny, you have to be original. Is this all according to what you see, Kevin? It's also helpful if you can slide in a meme that says a lot about <laughs> what you mean without having to get deep because damn it it's a lot to read you know so yeah. like a picture helps yeah. it's a lot of editing well i'll tell you this one last thing before we introduce our guests and if you've read the name of this week's show you already know who it is but i will profess this no movie star has to deal with matt kaplan being their friend and sometimes <laughs> sound and voice of reason so I tell you that in knowing that our good friend, John Kalstein, is joining us right now. And the young man is trying to get himself some super fights. And ladies and gentlemen, I feel like we have to cut a PSA to start this with. But the man is not getting super fights. Having said that, welcome John Kalstein to the show. John, how are you doing, sir? Good. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me on the show appreciate it i'm gonna start because i told you off air very quickly that um we had something that we needed to talk about which was yeah. i had a secret on you and this yeah. secret was something that i didn't tell you off air but you are getting around the circuit right now aka you're going on all yeah. the shows yeah so why both are them? you doing exciting? Like both That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, we're a small community, and I hear things. And when people were like, "Oh, we've got John this week," and I was like, "So do we." That's son of a bitch. Yeah. Sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. Just double dipping in all the BJJ podcast ink. What do you have to say for yourself, John? Um. I am whoring myself out onto every possible podcast that I can at the moment. I feel cheap, Raph. I just I do too. Now, before we go any further in the I, interview, I feel, I feel cheap. I feel cheap that I'm just you know throwing myself. I'm just getting passed along from you uh, are cheap. You should feel that way. Raph and I had integrity coming into tonight, and now it's like you left a ten on the stand. And you're just 
tapping us, not even going to cuddle before you leave. Like you can hear mm-hmm. it beforehand on the ramp up. It's mm-hmm. classic Henzo style PR. <laughs> classic. Yeah. So worn myself out. John, here's basically what I'm going to ask you. It's not like we're going to cut you off. We obviously want to talk about all the things with you. You're a nice kid. But I need some sort of thing from you up top that says what you're going to do for us and tell the stories (laughs) that are going to be different than, say, BMAX Audio Adventure that you're going to go on very quickly. Yeah. No, it's not a yes. It's a what are you going to do for us? Like, what kind of better stories are you going to tell on our show that are unique to us? You're going to get the stories that all the other podcasts aren't getting. Oh, well, all right. I guess that confirms it. All right, we did it. Perfect. Now, I hear that you might be in a dead zone, so we're going to work through some of this. But that's not a Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good now. I'm good now. Now we're good. good. Okay, excellent. It's almost yeah, like you yeah, have like a yeah. guardian angel who's listening and yeah. uh, sending me notes yeah. as we go, but I won't go into any of that. I want to ask this, John. <laughs> the first thing that I want to yeah. know, and I want you to introduce yourself to our audiences by saying this. What got you into jiu-jitsu? Yeah. Because I think people now see that you're some sort of uh, mechanical beast technician who Eddie Cummings says it is one of his most reliable training partners. Hack. But where does the story uh, begin for you, sir? Um, I mean, I just kind of always wanted to, like, do some kind of fighting or martial arts and be some kind of athlete. I was too small to be a basketball player and definitely too small to be a football player. And uh, doing jiu-jitsu probably was the next best thing for me. And uh, never really could catch a ball. So, uh, yeah, using my hands and feet to to cause pain seems to be something I uh, happen to be pretty good at. So that's really, really what it came down to. When I realized that I was pretty good at doing that, uh, pretty much just focused all of my attention into uh, doing that alone. Figure I heard good at catching balls, struggle with feet and hands. Tell me, though, when does jujitsu become yeah. something? Because, you know, with your aesthetic appearance, modeling's out. Right, as, as we've talked about. Yeah. So you have to stay focused I mean, on what's important. Wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, I am a little bit of a fetish, I would say. I could be a fetish model for people that are like into like shorter Hobbit-looking people. You know, you don't. <laughs> hey, don't sell yourself think... short. Renfest is huge, and this is your time of year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like modeling is completely out of the question. You know, doesn't AJ model? He's pretty short. You know. That was a great, great uh, direct hit on the bullseye because there's no better way to get everybody on your side than attacking AJ. It's almost like if you're playing guest appearance bingo. You just go, "Mm, mark the spot when you hit the AJ. But we'll come back to him. Kev, what did you have to say? If they put the ears on and start with the tiny hats. I'm not saying they have to keep them on. That's unreasonable. But if they put the ears on and start with the tiny hats, I am a thousand percent more interested than I was. That's fair. <laughs> so, John, let me ask this because yeah. <laughs> you, you you basically come to jujitsu, you start to develop it. When do you want to actually start making it your profession? Because, mind you, as somebody who's media training you as we go, 
if yeah. people have an issue on trying to find like what's your story and how come you don't have this many Instagram followers, let's flesh these things out. And if you're not going to tell the right version of your story, we're just going to start making it up so that suddenly you're more, okay. quote unquote, interesting. Kev, start writing down notes on your side. I'm doing so on mine. But John, go ahead and tell your story, sir. Gotcha. I mean, honestly, what made me just decide to start doing it for money was, uh, you know, after I started really getting into jiu-jitsu, I started finding out that there were people doing jiu-jitsu that were actually making money off of jiu-jitsu and not just fighting MMA, uh, watched Gary and, uh, learned about Eddie. And I was just like, well, I kind of want to give this a try and see if I could do that too. And did, uh, my first money tournament was like a good fight invitational type thing. And that was like the first time, like I made money and I think I made like 800 bucks and I had a total mad time of like two minutes. So I was like that two minutes to make 800 bucks ain't bad. So it's kind of like I can make fairly okay money. Okay, I'm sorry, six minutes of mat time. My bad. Uh, but, you know, I can make money with short, shorter periods of time than what I was doing previously. So I was getting ahead of myself in two minutes of mat time. I forgot about one match. Um, but, yeah, no, it was just um, not necessarily all the money, but it was like I could do something that I enjoy doing and also make a living and stop, like, working as like a, a roadie for DJs and going to parties and lifting speakers and shit like that, which I hated. What? So. Right. Raph, yeah. I'm sorry. I, Go ahead. There's a lot we need to get to, but you were a roadie <laughs> before this? Yeah. Go on. For anyone, please yeah. tell me like a local, like perfect music, DJ, weddings, parties. What is this? Yeah. I I did I did weddings, sweet sixteens, engagement parties, fifty year old fifty year old birthday parties, everything. Awesome. And for like six years I did and I I used to I used to hand out like the glow sticks and stuff and uh every now and again I would be forced to like do some dancing or something. Sure. You know, every now and again press play on a song, you know. But mainly I was just like lifting speakers and like hooking up wires and shit like that. For like six years, I did that. Before Point I really of order on my <laughs> end. Uh, when you said that you were forced to do some dancing, <laughs> yeah, I some explanation on that. I need details. I need songs. I need links of period you were dancing. I need to know how competent you are as a dancer. Oh. Go on, please. I am. I'm a little bit competent in my. I'm a competent dancer. I think I could like I could move a little bit. Like let's not get nuts. Um, but you know, you know, have you ever have you ever heard of the cha cha slide or the electric slide? Those like the cupid shuffle and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, like at parties, sometimes I would be forced to do that to get people to dance. <laughs> no, I get it. I I've seen uh, when dance floors get a little yeah. dry. Uh, they usually yeah. it, it's like the opposite of a cooler. <laughs> I fulfill that role as myself. Um, I've been known to amp up a few parties because, you know, brown, can dance, yeah, that's what happens. I would get paid to do it, though, so it was, you know, yeah. it was Can't worth it. I guarantee you that I, you never got paid more than I did to do it. But I'm going to make you more interesting as we do this. So I heard okay. what you said. Okay. Oh, are we going to say that I was like a male stripper instead of a roadie for, like, People have, people have seen you. Calm down. We're not going to get crazy here. No, we're not. Gonna, we're not going to lie to the people. Uh, Listen, like I said there's, there's fetishes. 
there's fetishes. Maybe so, there's women out there that have a fetish for short guys that are male strippers. Not that live in New Jersey. <laughs> no, there's just uh, there's no way. Maybe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steer this vehicle back on track this is my favorite interview we've done in months john's officially on the list john's family now Um, now granted john would you be the first stripper i guess male stripper that they would also use the stripper pole to mark how much you've grown over the years yes possibly i don't know those things (laughs) but what i want that would actually be a really good idea Again, I'm a great idea machine. I want to continue on. Now, when I first met you, I thought to myself, you know, there's a real throwback quality about this kid. So maybe what we should do is take the following description and maybe see if people start to align it with your background a little bit more. I'll read you what this description is. People forget about the coming-of-age story of an Italian-American boy who, after encountering a local mafia boss, is torn between the temptations of organized crime and jiu-jitsu from his hard-working father. It was uh, later turned into a movie starring Chaz Palminteri and Robert De Niro. Um, I thought it was interesting that they would portray your story, but I feel like it's one that's closer to one that people would understand for you. Does that seem false or true? Uh, I would say it's a fabricated lie. Okay, well, you're not getting good at this whole selling yourself thing, kid, so I'm starting to understand the roadblocks we're rocking into. Listen, (laughs) I'm just saying that you have a certain a Bronx tale or Goodfellas-esque quality about you. Why are you not leaning in more on that? (laughs) Um, So what you're saying is I have like a Colosio-esque vibe to me? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let's get a nickname going. The Hitman, just off the top of my head. My, sure. I'm just like, I think John, you can come up with a better nickname than that. You have to understand, your name even sounds, and it, I know it's an accurate name, but your name even yeah. sounds like something that mafioso bosses would say to each other and go on, you seen the latest part about Johnny Callens thing? That kid, that kid's something else. I gave him a shoe shine to go ahead and get over, and now he's coming over here and he's breaking heels. It's a shame. Isn't, Cal- isn't Palestine a little bit Jewish sounding, though? Uh, listen, kid, Jew's not going to go over well. So I'm just telling you how Hollywood works. It's the same way so, how Jiu-Jitsu world works. So criminal sells better? Uh, 100% sells better, dude. Yeah. Dana right, White just right, signed on his, like, fucking Who Wants to Be a Dana White Millionaire show. A guy who had a yeah. storied past with the NFL. Greg Hardy. Might have some... Yeah, I was just, I saw this. Addressing of domestic abuse. What's the story with that? He beat up his wife. Yeah, because I was like on Instagram and I saw it. I was like, well, what, what's his, his uh, harsh past? He beat up his wife. He used be- to say it again. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, yeah a few times. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that, that's not good. No. Yeah, that's not but good. don't worry. Didn't stop now the NFL, let's be super clear. Yeah. So it's not going to stop Dana White. I mean, those yeah. two are not, they're sucking at the <laughs> same money teat of, eh. <laughs> eh. I'll tell you this. Yeah, no, it, I, was a, it was a great one-two punch by the UFC when they basically had CM Punk falter, and then they were just like, you know what will help us regain credibility? This yes. guy. <laughs> this will amp us up. Hold on. I want to take it this ref. So we need to find John some matches and it's time that we broke. We pushed Alec Baldwin's matchmaking ass to the side or whoever hosts that show. I think, I think it is actually Alec Baldwin. 
and we find some matches. Can I jump into that realm? You may, and I can go yeah. over who he's currently trying to call out after we go through who you're thinking. I, I Okay, well, I think start creative. Don't be afraid to go entertainment and see if you can get, um, I don't know, Keanu Reeves at a point of weakness. But uh, that's just, that's that's getting a little extreme because I just saw John Wick 2 and I don't think you should do that. But obviously you're gearing t- towards more like the Zoolander side currently, which, which I also dig. But there are some matches. Are, do you fight people that are also Henzo? Or like will you and Jason Hayden fight outside of EBI or is it a tournament thing? Like where are we at there? I mean, I mean, I really honestly have matched with anybody, honestly. Um, at this point, I'm kind of like, you know, open to most matches as long as, you know, people want to put it on and both people agree. Uh, I'm pretty much open to most matches at this point, you know. Yeah, d- just some background information. Him and uh, Jason at EBI were very complimentary to each other, and that's always like great to, to see. see fight again, especially like when those no time two of it. Sorry. are gonna basically murder <laughs> each other, but then be the nice human beings outside of that. So that is always uh, yeah. when we will Jason's do that. Jason's an awesome guy, so yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Jason's really cool. Yeah, whenever I saw the two of you guys interacting, I thought that was super dope, and I would see that because I would make yeah. sure that we'd have a camera on you to get the friendly side, which then went into the straight murderer side two seconds later. Kev, would you like to know who he has been calling out recently, though? We, we touched on it, but AJ Agazar. Now, tell me how this came together. Um, just honestly, I want to have a match with AJ. He's fought a couple of teammates of mine, and uh, I want Oh, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's just like um, he was asked to have a match with me a few times, and he said uh, no, and jokingly he said he didn't want to have the match because he was uh, convinced that I would break his leg So um, in person. So, I mean, uh, really I just want to have the match with him because I feel like uh, people would want to watch that match, and uh, he would talk a lot of shit, and it would piss me off, and I would compete a lot better. Do you need that, though? Because you seem like somebody who you just got done saying how Jason Hayden's like a sweetheart and you're a sweetheart, but you're both savages when you have to compete. With AJ, he's clearly not somebody who uh, says complimentary things going into a match. So that works for you is when an opponent kind of uh, either devalues you or tries to say like, you're not on their level sort of a thing or talk shit. Is that kind of a motivator for you? Uh, yeah. And me and AJ have trained before. So, you know, we trained quite a few times. Interesting. Was, you know, supposed yeah. to be something we knew? Cause I did not. What's, what's the, you know, is he, is he kind of a D to train with? Are you, I don't know. <laughs> no, he, he's cool to train with. He's cool to train. Tried to break my arm, but you know he's cool to train. I didn't tap, and I got out, and then I heal with him. Um, but anyway, Ooh. <laughs> sounds like he's Detail. calling a shot. I also am only slightly curious about the women you date. If you tend to like people that like challenge you verbally, I just have like a. Uh, <laughs> well, my 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 girl my girlfriend is in control of the relationship, so yeah. <laughs> okay, so this runs deep. It's there's something that yeah. drives passion from conflict out of one John. When Kelsey. you say that she's in control of your relationship, what does that mean? 
she is boss and I am the bitch. Okay. I no, say. I mean, I mean, most people get that understanding, but like, can you give an example yeah. of how she runs the relationship? Does she say like, pick out your what you're gonna wear or the rash guard you're gonna wear? Um, does she? No, did she, no, she get approval? I'll give you. you I'll give you. No, but I'll give you a good example. So I had a pair of spats, and one day I left them at her house, and I left them at her house because I came back from training, and it was the only thing I had to wear after training. I didn't bring an extra pair of clothes, and like I showered at her house, and that's the only thing that I had that was clean to wear. And when I had took them off and put them in the laundry in her house, I come back and I look for them after they were washed, and she told me she threw them out because they were ugly and I'm never allowed to wear those ever again. So that goes to show you the kind of, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that goes to show you how she's in charge. Does she get to pick your rash guards prior to a match? Uh, no, but if she doesn't like a rash guard, she will tell me that it's ugly. That, well, okay. <laughs> I like, first of all, I appreciate the power move of waiting till after, which is a nice, like, oh, great. <laughs> Now the match is over and published, and um, thank you. I usually wear just plain black rash guard and shorts. I keep it simple. Oh, wow. Yeah, Salem witch trial but, style. I like it. Yeah, yeah and she, uh, she usually helps me with, uh, like, going shopping. Like, she's kind of like my um, my stylist, I would say. Like, when I buy new clothes, like, she'll, she'll call me out when, when I when I buy something that's extremely ugly and she'll tell me that it's ugly and we'll throw it away or put it back. Does so she she's very honest with me? And does she criticize your top game and say you are too quick to go to the leg locks? Um, no, but she does say that she's better than me at leg locks and she'll, if we're laying down the bed, she'll grab my leg and try and leg lock me. She gets cu- close a couple times. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. This is, First of all, wow. Okay, this is this is getting really deep. But let's this ask this: He's ready. If she is starting to heel hook you, there's not really a running out element here, so it's more diffusing a bomb situation since you're on a bed. Uh, I'm imagining, or is this elsewhere? Where where are these theoretical matches taking place, sir? Um, usually, I bet she doesn't train, so usually she'll just out of nowhere try to fuck me up. You ta- did you teach her how to heel hook? Or she just saw your matches and no. was like, oh, this is what he's trying to do? She just watches it and then just tries it. So, I mean, if she did train, she'd probably be pretty good. And she says that all the time. She says, you don't want me to train because you know I'll fuck you up. And I'm like, <laughs> possibly. Hits him. Spitz goes to bed. <laughs> Sleep on the couch tonight, JC. Yeah. Uh Okay. Dream match alert. Okay, give me your... AJ's your one right now. That's the guy whose leg you would like to break in a, with and, some romantic sting playing in the background, it sounds like. And, Kev, here's the thing. I don't know that AJ could afford to take the time off of being a bodyguard right now, so I think it's a little tough for him. Or uh, maybe from fixing up uh, Mario Lopez's lapel mic on the extra set. I mean, it's very confusing to understand. Yeah. All right. But dream matchups, like... Other people, maybe at this point. Yeah, give me a few yeah, others. It sounds like at this point you have to be the matchmaker. Yeah, I mean Kennedy's another one that I would like to have a match with. Really, Cobrinha's yeah. son. Yeah, the tiny one. 
I, I thought you meant Tim for a yeah. second. I was like, you're the size of his calf, but I'd watch yeah, that yeah, match. He, I think you'd, I think you'd yeah, yell at him. I, I don't. I don't know. He's pretty freaking big. He's not a small man. <laughs> a very big man, and I'm, and I'm a very small man. I don't know how that would go over. Well, see if I don't even know if you could. See if he's open to being waterboarded first. I think he is. It's a backyard activity. That might be like the way. It's like waterboard and then fight John Calstein. Damn it. I've sold that. That sounds amazing. Someone uh, get shale up there. Can we, blind, can we blindfold him too afterwards? Then yes. maybe. The answer is really? yes. Tim Kennedy is yes. a friend of the podcast. Yes. He's crazy enough to do a number of things. So don't. <laughs> Don't say that he won't do it because There's he might. No way do he'd it. say no to that, especially for like just like five minutes. He's like, "Oh yeah, sounds good." You'd just be like, "Yo, Tim, you a bitch or something?" What? <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> okay, okay. So we, we talked about okay, Kenny and Marcel, and you would make a very good match because there would be a, a lot of high impact. Uh, yeah. Just in terms of like that kid's very talented. Yeah, he's tall. Um, too. Yeah, and he's tall, yeah. and he just got his black belt. So, I mean, did he? and honestly, I want to. I want to compete against him because I feel like he is very, very talented, and he's also another guy that's like, you know, he's already established, I would say, but like now he's like establishing himself as a black belt, and and I'm trying to do the same thing. So like, you know, I feel like that would be a good match for both me and him, and you know, that would help, you know, for people to see that I can compete against an IBJJF world champion. Um, and also compete where there's, you know, rules that benefit both of us. Of course, if I had a match with somebody like Kennedy, I feel that there should be some kind of point system involved. I don't know if I would go with IBJJF point system because usually when it's an IBJJF point system, you get screwed in some kind of way. So I don't think I would do that, but definitely some kind of point system. And no advantages, of course, because I think advantages are really freaking stupid. If you knock somebody in their butt, you get a point. Like, I think that's retarded. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like that match would be like, that's one of the matches, like even more so than AJ that I would really like, you know, that'd be good. Cause there's a few people out there that you, that you would be an interesting stylistic matchup with. I mean, there's always, yeah. uh, just to name a few, there's always the Justin Raiders, anyone from the 10th planet system. Cause they have some young killers oh, yeah. coming up too. um, to Justin Raiders, uh, Justin's a good match. Justin's a match that I would really like too, as well. Johnny Combs but, uh, is out he here. Also- he only fights huge people, so that would be fun for him to not fight a giant <laughs> yeah. now and again. Yeah, um, but also I'm trying to think. Like it also is like it's hard because the meows are people that I'd like to have matches with. Tanquino is another guy I like to have a match with, and it's like all these guys are signed to ACB now, so now it's difficult for me to get matches with these guys. You know. Most guys are signed to ACB, so like the very few that are signed to ACB that aren't not signed to ACB, it's like the list is running very short for guys at 145 that'll actually take, that'll actually do the match, you know. Yeah, I think he brings up a good point, Kev. I think at this point we need to unionize or at least get together an organization called XYZ for, <laughs> for young black belts who are just looking to be matched up in super fights. It's kind of like Match.com, except they don't fuck. Um, but I think the idea is that he's bringing up a very solid point, which is all these people are getting signed to exclusive contracts with ACB. So it is slim pickings in some ways in terms of, well, you don't know what certain people's deals are. You don't know who is up for doing that sort of thing. One of the things I do appreciate about you a lot, Donnie, is that you, you're you so game and looking for it. 
And the hardest thing in my brain to put together is why you can't put somebody who's so obviously interested in getting matches with yeah. somebody else who you would think theoretically would just like to have a jiu-jitsu match for money. Somehow, the fact that we can't put those components together is baffling to me. Yeah. Trust me, it's baffling to me as well. Okay. Don't be afraid to barnstorm. Uh, do you, like grappling you know. in the future is trying to grappling issues is trying to get me matches. Um, they were trying to get a hold of Gianni. Um, they haven't gotten a hold of Gianni to ask him. Like respectfully, I'd like to ask for a match with him as well. And uh, Kyle Terra was somebody that I'd like to have a match with as well because Kyle is like the closest to my size. Sure. Um, most of the other people that I'm trying to ask for, and he said he can't be like Locke, and he only competes at fight to win against guys who aren't very good and uh so i feel like you know i'd like to have a match with him you know i feel like you know he takes matches with a lot of guys that don't have big names and i obviously am a nobody so that should work out like i've said that before you know it should be a a match that he'd be willing to take i feel that he would be willing to take i don't know you have a hero there's a lot to un there's a lot to basically undress here as well okay so first of all you're not a nobody you won an EBI, you have a solid track record, you're a very good competitor, so I understand you need to do that, but I think the bigger clue was not your uh, self-effacing, I think it was more so that you said you wanted to do it respectfully, and that was the moment my brain tuned out. I I just go, oh, Oh, uh, no, I don't don't need that. Mm -mm." Challenge him to a duel. Yeah. Like the 1700s. Yeah. Get real. Yeah, I mean, you have to, like, be a little bit of an asshole and a dick, apparently, to, uh, to get matches and to get promoters to want to actually pay guys to accept matches and things like that. So, well, okay. So, I mean, I'm not going to be, I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I am just going to be more honest and just rather than just like, you know, whatever, be respectful. I'm just being honest now at this point. I'm not purposely trying to be a dick. I'm just being honest. You know, I don't really I think people think it. you're a dick, but speaking of dicks, yeah. your buddy, Matt. All right, let's get on to this. What the fuck happened with you guys and Polaris? Because I'm very confused as to the situation. I've heard Matt on whatever email or like Facebook chain there is between him and yeah. uh, one of the guys from Polaris. I would like to get your side yeah. of the story so that we can get to a better understanding of why a match isn't happening because you look like you would fit very well on that card and I don't think it's out of the realm that you would be included in there. But again, I'd like to hear your side of the story. Yeah, so I mean, what happened was um, they reached out to Eddie to get Eddie on the card. And uh, when Eddie got back to them, he had said, I'll do the card, but I'd really like for you to get, you know, look into getting John a match on the card as well. Um, And so from the messages that I saw, they kind of brushed it off and, you know, they didn't really care to pay attention to getting me a match or getting me on the card, um, which they have done the same in the past when I have asked when I, you know, before EBI and things like that, asked to be on the undercard, which is, you know, you don't get paid for that and all this other stuff. And I was told that I don't have an interesting enough story and they don't think that I would sell pay-per-views or whatever it is, or people wouldn't care to watch me grapple. So, and they told they told Eddie no to the tournament. Uh, the tournament was because they already had the lineup 
and um, supposedly had the lineup already, and they had Nikki already, and they didn't want to do teammates and, you know, competing against each other, and that's whatever. But then when I had told Eddie, and Eddie said the same thing, we'll compete for free, and we'll fly ourselves out there so that you guys can pay the person that we're going to compete against more money to, to, you know, kind of like sweeten it a little bit for them to make them want to take the matches and stuff like that. Um, again, they kind of just brushed off me and we're trying just solely to get Eddie. And, uh, it just turned out that, uh, you know, Eddie ended up dropping scramble because of the whole situation and, you know, and not doing the players card because Eddie was supposed to have Lachlan Giles. Okay. Yeah, Eddie was supposed <clears throat> to first. That kind of like turned out to be a whole thing, and really stemmed from the fact of, from what I understood, that Polaris didn't really see value in having me on the card, and you know I was a little bit upset about that, and that's why I've kind of been upset throughout. And I have text messages and screenshots of things of things that they're denying, which I have proof does exist. So you know, but it's just been a whole bunch of bullshit, you know. And it just oh, yeah. comes with the same thing that I've been dealing with is just, you know, people not seeing worth in either having a match with me or, you know, not seeing worth in like getting me the matches that I feel like I earned or deserve, you know, and not take wanting to give me an opportunity to have those matches. You know, even when I'm saying like, I will compete for free if you could just pay these people that I want to have a match with my half of my money, you know, just so that I can get the matches that I want to have, you know? Of course, it's the classic HR situation where you can't get the job because you don't have the job experience. And then it's like, well, how do you get the job experience? Well, you have the job. When you have the job, yeah. then you have job experience. So that's how you have it. Um, on the other side, I want to bring something up because it sounded like you had an echo for some strange reason. Like I would hear you talk before I would hear you talk. But I think the important thing to note here is this. When this gets brought up, and this is a real important yeah. question I need to ask you. Had you ever thought of disguising yourself as Eddie Cummings? Not until this moment now. Okay. Grow a well, beard, get a Wolverine's haircut. I mean, I, this isn't that hard. I can't I can't grow a beard. I can't grow a beard. I've tried I've been trying to grow a beard. Jesus it just man. comes in looking patchy and it, it looks like pubes. It just doesn't work out. <laughs> Thank you for the imagery. Uh, I like the idea of this. Imagine pubes and patches on my face. Yep. Continuing to knock yeah. it out of the park. I want to make sure that this is clear, because if you would disguise yourself as either uh, Eddie or Geo or anybody else, maybe that's what it is. You need to Mrs. Doubtfire the situation and fucking... <laughs> your way into all these fucking matches is I think what it is because if that's the person they wanted so let me get this straight is Eddie and uh, Lachlan now off uh yeah no it's Lachlan and Taza now okay that's what I thought I saw okay again I was very confused on this because yeah. and um, Eddie Eddie pulled out of the card because of the whole situation understandable I mean uh, it sounds like they had reached um kind of a disagreement and they followed through on yeah. it. And, uh, you know, that is commendable on Eddie's <laughs> side because he does see a lot of value in you. So uh, it's nice that. that you have yeah. somebody who is championing you in this way. What do we need to yeah. do to but, get people to understand there is value in you? Because I, I'm confused. I'm 
legitimately trying to figure out what puts you over uh, in so many words. Um, is it a sacrifice Matt sort of a thing? Can you do like one of those things where he's Bobby Heenan in a cage and they raise him really, really high and he can't get involved and he can't say anything or like if you win, he can't say anything for a month. Are those things that we can do to sweeten the pot? Those are just words from my mouth. I feel like maybe there's something there. You have a good idea. I feel like we need to brainstorm on it and really figure out the best way to make something like that work. You know, Absolutely. hanging Matt by his toes or something from the from the like the top of the uh, the roof of the building, and you know, maybe doing something along those lines, like a lat. Maybe if we start doing jujitsu ladder matches, since most jujitsu <laughs> matches end up being boring draws. Sure. Um, we should start doing works. <laughs> and a lot of a lot of jiu-jitsu matches end up being works anyway so i mean you might as well just start turning jiu-jitsu into pro wrestling uh, all right all right, all right. now you're making claims all right now you gotta back that up kid <laughs> you're not making you claims. you just said that jiu-jitsu's uh matches are works i would like to hear you go a little bit more on that be real there's, if you're gonna be yourself cut the true promo be yourself sir i mean there's a few off the top of my head, you know, that I would say, but try not to piss off everybody. But think about it. There's some matches where guys are teammates. I feel like Kalasans and An- and Galval is a little bit of a work, you know, because they, they've cornered each other. And, you know, okay. so I don't know. But I feel like there are some works going on in Jiu-Jitsu still. Too. Gordon Felipe, um, too. But- just off the top of my head. <laughs> no, I don't think that was. Um, okay, right. just hey, agree to disagree, yeah. sir. I thought we were just expressing. <laughs> were we not in the trust tree, Raf? I thought everybody <laughs> thought it was brainstorming time. I, you know what? Fine. It is. It is brainstorming storming time. We're in the circle of trust right now. Fair enough. Since we're in the circle of trust, do me a solid. If you can reduce the amount of time that our good friend Matt does say things like, what people don't understand is, and it's like, no. <laughs> He's no. scribbling it on a pad. I, you guys have really- I know right now he is literally <laughs> trying to figure out some variation of what people don't understand as a, a way to start a Facebook post. So maybe pass that on to him. That would be very helpful. I don't know if you'll ever have the opportunity to pass it on to him. But uh, if, or if you do, hear the- if, it, if you when do. you see Can him I- later. Yeah, but can I ask you a question? How do you feel about Matt's uh, Instagram posts when he just has a blank white screen and then writes random shit on it? Um, well, first of all, it looks kind of silly, but it's kind of the way people are doing things now. I mean, I'm not unused to certain things from people, um, but there's definitely one thing that'll happen where I'll read it and I go, what's he bitching about today? And that's usually my most <laughs> honest take. And sometimes it's very like, oh, well, he's really pushing all in on this idea. Good for him. And then other days it's like, yeah. this isn't even close to my issue. Is he complaining about a street light today? Nah, I'm just not. And I let him go about his way. But, you know, it, it, there's definitely a very, very um, consistent theme of starting each post as if he was given the essay prompt. You know what most people don't understand? You marks, you out there, and I go, oh my god. Okay, yeah, dude. All right, we're on. We were on the same team, and now I don't know where we are. So that those are my notes. That's all. Yeah. Again, if he were to be listening for some strange reason, I would say, 
pass that on. That's all. I would pass it on. Thank I, you. I get a I get a kick out of, I get a kick out of making him upset by telling him that you know certain things that people say about him specifically just to piss him off because it's fun <laughs> because sometimes the best thing that you could do to Matt is when you get him to a point where he doesn't have a comeback you've won because he <laughs> usually always has a comeback sure. so if you could get him to a point where he doesn't have a comeback you've shut him down and it's very rare but it happens sometimes so you know it takes a lot of work i've done it a few times but most of the time when i try to you know get at matt he takes it to another level like if we have a meme war it goes from being very harmless memes to him like attacking things that he shouldn't be because he has no boundaries so it's dangerous but you know when people do end up shutting him down it's funny so how did you two become kindred spirits because you are essentially yin and yang and it is interesting yeah. to see your dynamic and when you say that you tell him what people are saying about him because I think sometimes he will say things to get a reaction or start a conversation that is necessary in some cases. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, where does your origin story align and why? Well, what happened was, is that I was still finishing up. So when I dropped out of school, I had started going back to school in this program. And I had first met Matt in uh, one of the Nogi classes. And uh, he had... um just told me to go do this tournament and I wasn't planning on doing a tournament because I was going to just get my GED or whatever it is and go off to the military and Matt had told me hey just come do the tournament compete you know it was like the first no-gi tournament that I ever did and uh, so I did this tournament and uh, happened to win and uh, from that moment on we just started to become closer and uh, he would help me with my homework when he was getting ready for one of his MMA fights, he would run on the treadmill and help me with my math homework. So even though he's an asshole, he's still a good guy. And uh, not to break up, because I do enjoy... You guys always have an interesting dynamic, Henzo-wise. It's very team-based. I'm curious, because the one thing I haven't heard from you, but I have a feeling what you're going to say, when you roll with people, when you yeah. train with people, when you finish matches, what makes you specifically, what's your most dangerous quality, do you believe? Um, when I'm competing, my most dangerous quality? Yes. When you get into a tournament mode and you know there's something you can start to implement and play that's going to be maybe a little bit different, what's your most dangerous quality? My most dangerous quality, I would say, is that I do get upset if I don't hear, like, pops and stuff when I finish the mission. That'll do it. All right, okay. ref. Yeah, and asked an answer on the side. That Sorry. checks out. You just right. made my surgically repaired knee bark. So, fuck <laughs> you. How's that sound? <laughs> like, I, I genuinely get upset when people tap early. Why? Because, I don't know, it's just, like, I want to see if, like, these techniques are really going to, like, break people. So the only way to know is to actually break somebody. You know that when you break your toys, a.k.a. your training partners, yeah. you, you kind of Well, I don't break my training He's. I did say in I competition. I said no, in I competition. Hear, I hear yeah, that. In competition, yeah. But in competition is different. I... Listen, kid, yeah. I want to make sure we're very clear on this, because... 
I was with you, even as you were Jekyll and hiding for a second. But the minute you yeah. said you want to see if these techniques will work in real life, that's something you say more along the lines in training, because it's usually uh, yeah. accompanied by that, like, oh, I do this in competition, never with your training partners. But if you are already yeah. giving this warning signal to somebody, I might understand why people don't want to take uh, matches with you now. I, I think we're slowly starting to understand the sociopath that is Johnny Kallenstein. Before, it was a very sweet story about a kid who used to do doo-wop and have a barbershop quartet. That's Brian <laughs> in the background. But now I think we're painting a weirder picture of him being some sort of Hannibal Lecter-esque thing that we just unleash onto a stage when yeah. it's occasionally it's time to go up there. John? Yeah, it's pretty much only like that when I'm competing. Other than that, I'm pretty nice. Sometimes I roll a little harder people, but only when they're trying to hurt me. <laughs> That's great. So, again, one of the things that I think we want people to understand as we're trying to do this this campaign of getting you matches is you have people in yeah. mind who you want to have matches with. You gave a great promo yeah. right now, which, by the way, you should be continuously saying that you want to tap until you hear bones pop. Like That's a great tagline. I enjoy that a lot. But I really want this as your opportunity to say what it is. And, and this is no character. This is no Matt. This is no anything. This is no us having fun. Yeah. I just legitimately want you to tell people and make a case because you have the opportunity on the microphone right now to tell us why we yeah. should do that. Why should we give you matches? Um, because I feel like I do have entertaining matches and I feel like I deserve to have the matches that I'm seeking out for because I've put in a lot of work and a lot of time into this and been, you know, winning as much as I can and trying to just compete against everybody that I can and, traveling and training and sacrificing hours and hours and hours of my day to to trying to just get better to be able to you know get my just to be able to prove that i am good you know at the end of the day it is for me to prove that i can be the best and you know so i just want the opportunities to prove that i am good and compete against the guys that are also considered to be very good um and just to prove that i can beat the, these people you know, and, you know, I just, I just want a shot, an opportunity. You know, EBI was a big opportunity for me, a big shot. And, uh, you know, I had a, I had to follow through and I had to do, you know, I knew that I had to win that tournament. Um, so now it's just like, I feel like I won that tournament. I won most of the big sub only tournaments that, you know, you're going to find like finishers and on it and stuff like that. And I just feel like, you know, in terms of sub only grappling, I've won, you know, pretty much most of the tournaments that there is. And I just feel like, you know, I deserve some of the matches that I'm, that I'm seeking out because before EBI, I would never ask for a match with somebody that is, you know, of a higher caliber. It's just now I feel like I do deserve to have these matches and I really want these matches. Um, hold on. Let me, I'm putting that through our system real quick. And eh, no, sorry. Uh, the real answer we were looking for was, um, fuck you and your traditions, and I want to say that my opponent is a bum. He never understood how to finish a heel hook. I bet I could heel hook him in under two minutes. I'm also willing to put one Bitcoin up, and also uh, uh, they're garbage. I mean, that, well, that's essentially wait, what the machine said. That's what, Wait, there's a machine? 
Yeah, we have a little machine. We have like a little smack. You see, the, we've been working on it for a lot of years. One hundred percent. Did you see the whole like uh, the Olive Garden? There was a big thing that happened this week uh, where somebody no. made a computer, artificial intelligence, watch a thousand hours of Olive Garden commercials, and it then forced the machine to come up with a script for a commercial on Olive Garden. So a machine wrote essentially a commercial that said, hi, pasta nachos. What's wrong? Friend number four, friend number four. And it was the most ridiculous thing. That's amazing. So we have one of those, but for shit talking. Let, oh, that's awesome. Let me throw does a line at you. Let, let me throw a line at you. Wait, does, does he give out bitcoins? Because I could really use one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, depending if you beat it, but. <laughs> Bitcoin is the right, best yeah. gift that we ever had in any form for the past year. <laughs> because at one point I said, you know, there's no going back now. Now people are going to always yeah. be arguing with each other and being like, I want 10K and one Bitcoin, bitch. One Bitcoin. How much is one Bitcoin worth? Because I don't know finances and stuff. Depends on the season. It, it can fluctuate, but I don't want to get into the math lesson. Kev, what do you got? Don't forget to call your own team out in like a comedic mm. joking way. Like, I'm going to do what Gary did without all the bitch qualities. Mm. Look for me. Like, hit him with those numbers. See how it sticks. We either lost him or he's not prepared to talk shit on Gary. One of the two. Mm. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, anyways, about those bitcoins. See? Yeah. <laughs> a- yeah. Okay. No, I understand. It's a it's a weird situation, but I'll I'll say this, man. One yeah. of the things that you guys have going on for you is you do provide good matches. You obviously have a lot of talent. It's awkward when you're making the very, very uh, rational appeal, which is you feel like you're due for a promotion. You feel like you've put in the work in organizations, and there, in all theory, should be a next step that you've earned based off of your performances in the past. So I don't think what you're saying is out of line or crazy or anything else, but we do have a crazy, weird sport that's still trying to figure itself out and one of the byproducts of that is you know they don't know how to match people up or find the money for it sometimes so they say things like oh hey you're not interesting enough to draw pay-per-views and the very sad reality of that is well then who does yeah yeah i mean a lot of ass kissing or things like that tends to work too but you know and being friends with the right people helps, but you know, um, I feel like, yeah, the jujitsu as a sport, it's kind of like kind of confused on which way it wants to go. It doesn't know whether it wants to go into like the serious route of like serious competition or just let's make spectacles and hope that people watch and like make a lot of money. And, sure. uh, yeah, it's a little, it's a little upsetting, you know, cause, damn right. you know, for, yeah. for people that just want to focus on, you know, being the best athlete that they can if they're not focused as much on marketing themselves it kind of hurts you and leaves you where you know you could be doing all these things winning all these things working hard and you know nobody really pays attention to it or sees it because it's not a spectacle and it's, can just, I, you know, it's not interesting can i make one suggestion though i just thought of this right now uh kev you may recall during my interview with uh, the young man here i basically found out in there that he likes to color 
And yeah. that's a calming yeah. mechanism for him that helps him get ready for, you know, Heel any nerves or degradation. stress. So you're kind of jumping ahead of me here. But I think here's the a calling card. Like, this could be your Joker card, if you would. Um, I think what you do is, you know how when you beat somebody in Street Fighter, they have that one person yeah. who talks trash to the other? And it's like a still frame yeah. of like, ha, 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 go back. You should make one of those for your opponent and then color it in after you beat them. And that's your calling. <laughs> that's great. It's time. I mean, I think that could work. That's awesome. That's a, that's fair. Yeah, I, work. That's I love the color. Impressed. So, you know, that could work. I, I know it yeah. can work. And I'm just going to say this. I mean, I, terrifying. You know, rough. I, I got to say something i lost the rocket ship that i colored at ebi i accidentally left it at the hotel i didn't forget that i was supposed to mail it to you but i am working on another uh another picture that i'm going to send to you i'm not gonna lie to you. or just hand it to you next time i'm in california you, you better you fucking yeah fuck fuck you i, I lost I'm the rocket so... ship you know it's weird because some people say they're going to do something on air and then they don't do it. <coughs> people have promised me geese. But when you looked at me with all sincerity and said, I'm not kidding. I'm going to send this to you. Raph, it's going to happen. I said, all right, kid, I'll believe it when I see it. And I never saw it. Yeah. And no, I never I held honestly, it against. I, honestly, I never, you know, yeah, never said I left that. it at the hotel. Yeah. I left it at the hotel, but I will send you a picture of another rocket ship that I'm going to call her in. I'm working on it though. That appreciates itself. And I, you know, I'm not hurt that you know, I haven't had, I haven't had been able to color as much because nobody wants to have matches with me. And really that's the only time I call it. That's oh. the saddest thing I've heard. Wow. In my time. <laughs> well, listen to this. Uh, we've come to a, probably a good place. Hey, you were just in Miami. What was that all about? Or Florida, something like that. I had uh, I had a seminar in Tampa, and then I had to do one in Miami, and then I hung out for the weekend. It was cool. Would you end up? Uh, Would you end up doing out there? Um, I ended up eating a lot of overpriced food. By the way, Miami has the most overpriced food you'll ever eat in your life. Um, I believe it. I went to a Brazilian restaurant that gave you a skewer of beef, just one skewer, for thirty dollars and two beers. And it came out to being fifty dollars. No, thank um, you. And it's literally one skewer of beef. Uh, mm. It was really small. I'm a lot. And uh, than sushi that. Place, a sushi place that ended up charging me like forty bucks for two rolls. So it was uh, really, really overpriced food. But I ended up drinking a lot at a local um, Cuban restaurant, which was nice. And I sat there at the bar with my friend Chris, the really tall, skinny guy you know that was with me at ebi in the corner mm-hmm. he's the guy who usually comes with me to all the seminars and stuff like that so it's just me and him sitting at the bar looking really sad getting drunk with each other <laughs> what a great for picture. two days <laughs> for two days it was just us sitting at this bar just the two of us for two days two nights i'm sorry yeah wow this kid knows how to party that pretty much got- that was the highlight of uh, my trip to Miami. Well, let me ask this. Where else are you going to take the sadness drinking tour of uh, Breaking Heels? Because I know you were uh, taking uh, solicitations for people on 
uh, where you're going to do yeah. uh, some of your stops. But I know that there's a seminar tour that's already uh, pretty pretty well booked up. But where where are you looking to go, sir? Or where are you going? I guess I should uh, say. Right now, I'm working on going back to Cali. I just got to figure out where exactly I'm going to be, and then uh, looking at maybe uh, Seattle and um, maybe a couple local ones. I don't have anything set in stone yet, just working on things over the next couple months and figuring out, but California is definitely one that's going to happen and possibly back in uh, Florida sometime at the end of the summer. Awesome. That's great stuff. So if you guys yeah. uh, want to keep an eye on that, 100% be following uh, Johnny on his Instagram, yeah. which is John Calistine. Uh, J-O-N-E-S-T-I-N-E. Is there an underscore or anything on that? Oh, John underscore Calisthenia. Yeah. There we go. I always forget about the underscore. Yeah, I always forget about the underscore. Maybe you've actually just been giving <laughs> the guy who doesn't have the underscore all the traffic that you're supposed to have gotten this whole time. Uh, maybe that's that would really suck guy. if there's. That would really suck if there's a guy whose name is John <laughs> Calisthenia and he has like thirty thousand followers and like. Like like AJ shooting him a message. Yeah, yeah, let's have a match. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I'm pretty sure AJ would actually take a challenge from that guy and being like, I can handle the non-underscore guy. Uh, because when you're Logan Paul's bodyguard, you are yeah. well-equipped for whatever. Plus, then he can be like, I already beat John Kallenstein. Check the records. <laughs> yeah. Check the record. It's there. The record is there. I saw that he he hangs out with with Logan Paul and, uh, and those guys, those famous Instagram dudes, right? I think the mode is he is himself trying to be insta famous, and he has a good following. Yeah, uh, he does. He he definitely works very hard at his Instagram because. Uh, sometimes yeah. you'll know more about AJ's life by accident because when you do the Instagram stories and you start scrolling through before you know it, you go, why, why is it Diaz hanging out with AJ? Eh, I'm fine. Yeah. And I'm curious about that. Why is he hanging out with, with AJ? But I don't know. Can I put a, can I put a theory? Out there? Yeah. Put a theory up. I'll put a theory out there. I want to see how much he's paying yeah. uh, Nick Diaz to paying out with him. That's all. I'd just like to know if cash is being exchanged. Do you think AJ's got it like that? I think AJ does okay for himself. Um, but, you know, hey, man, I think more to his power. Because the one good byproduct of him doing that is there are other people who are seeing jiu-jitsu. So that is nice. Granted, yeah. a bulk of those demos from, say, the Logan Pauls are idiots. And I don't know that we want to pull the idiot demo. So, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, of, probably ugh. not. You know, most people that don't do jiu-jitsu don't really care about jiu-jitsu. That's what I find. Yeah, I mean... Most people that don't do or know somebody that does jiu-jitsu don't really care to watch jiu-jitsu. But you know what is really nice? And this is something that people don't know. Uh, but I was telling Kevin this off-air uh, when I got back from IBJJF Worlds. I was covering it, yeah. and I happened to be in the same vicinity of the Acai booth when him nice. and Mario Lopez were there. And as weird yeah. as AJ can be at times, uh, to most people when he's not AJ on air, he's actually very nice to people. Um, but 
Mario Lopez was standing right next to me and was in it. Like he was watching the matches and he was saying, oh, that's that guy who has that great judo throw. I like this guy a lot. And there was something kind of nice about hearing Mario Lopez get mega hype and telling people and like turning them around and be like, yo, did you see this guy? I was telling you about him earlier. I like this guy a lot. And I go, this is a very strange byproduct of all of this. So, oh. I'll put does that Mario Lopez train? Does Mario Lopez train? He well, he's a blue—he's a blue belt. Yeah. I know that much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, AC he Slater, yeah. a purple belt, coincidentally. <laughs> hey, AC <laughs> AC Slater was, I think, a state champ on Saved by the Bell. He was a wrestling state champ. Yeah, damn right. He was. Thank you. He was a wrestling state champ, so that transfers over. From TV to real life. <laughs> that, that's how that works. One hundred percent. You understand, kid. So let's do this. Yeah, no, that's how that works. Kev, do you have that's anything that, that you'd like to say to one Johnny before he gets off uh, the air with us? You're great. We should get you some matches. You're fantastic, and uh, you are fun to watch fight, which is the nice part. Aggressive, just an aggressive, oh. tiny bulldog of anger on the mats. It's, it's fun. Let's get you that's out what I look. That's what I. That's what I'm trying to portray. Usually I take out all my anger on, you know, the first people standing across from me. It's like therapy. <laughs> uh, before we uh, conclude, though, what uh, what other podcasts can we expect to hear you on, sir? Um, I will be on Brandon McCracken's podcast. Is that it? McCracken? I'm so sorry if I'm... McCracken's awesome, I'm so though. sorry. So, That's McCracken's cool way better. We were going to have to send a note to him. It's Brandon McCatherine. So say that we're like McCra- Catherine. Uh, Catherine, yeah. I'm sorry, Brandon, if I'm butchering your name. I don't mean it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be on there tomorrow and then uh, doing something with BJJ World. Uh, not sure if it's a podcast or an interview, but look out for it. It's coming out sometime this week. Ugh, they're starting a podcast too? Jesus. All right. Well, let's do this. Well, I'm uh, going to start a podcast eventually me and matt are going to start a podcast no you don't you don't and we're making a website for jiu-jitsu and nonsense at the same time yeah so there'll be jiu-jitsu and nonsense so you know you it's learn jiu-jitsu and nonsense you know it's really yeah. nice about you saying stuff like that you what? probably would fear me doing a heel hook to you with the same fervor that I am afraid of you doing a podcast. <laughs> so. And why is that? Oh, you know, I'm just, I mean, do it, kid. Live your heart's oh. dream. Do a podcast. Learn how beautifully easy it is to do this job, especially with one Matthew Kaplan, who uh, you'll be lucky if you get a featured credit on if you did it with him. Like, you would appear less on that than somebody singing a hook on a major pop song. No, I know if I do a podcast with Matt, it's probably going to be podcasts with Matt Kaplan featuring about two minutes of John Calistine. But, but it's okay. I just only tell, need about, two. just tell Matt to reference. Uh, I don't think you do. Uh, I think just tell Matt to reference the post that he put about nobody listening to podcasts anymore. And then 
that's perfectly fine. He should know. I mean, he he figures out everything. Anyway, listen, Johnny, you're a great kid. We love you. We think the world of you. We want to see you get more matches, and uh, we're firmly behind all of that. So the next time, let's do this. When you have a match set up, you come back on our show, and you give us the fucking exclusive, son. I don't want to see you going on nine podcasts when you're about to have a match going on, or at least space them out. But you come on ours, and... I'm going to solely on your podcast next time I have a match. Thank you. Possibly, maybe even when I'm out there in California, we could just maybe do a podcast while I'm actually physically there. Well, absolutely. You You and I can definitely do some interview stuff and fun stuff. And if you end up going to Denver, Kevin is out that way. But uh, for right now, I want people to get behind you. I want people to go ahead and start uh, making sure that we can get this man some great, great matches. Uh, but until then, we wish you the best, dude, and we're going to be looking forward to seeing for whatever is coming up next for you, sir. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. Had a lot of fun. Raph, we spat hot fire coming off, mm. the, coming off the main break here. Mm. That was great. Fun to talk to John. Um, I mostly had it in my head that I needed to roast him slash find out exactly who the voice behind the curtain was. We'll never know. We'll never, we'll never know. know. No. I assume it was some homeless person he gave $5 to and maybe a Schlitz. And uh, that's what he got from a quality, <laughs> pro- <laughs> from a quality perspective. <laughs> Why am I still digging yet? They're great. I am uh, big fans. We can get him a fight for sure, and I can tell you it is definitely not going to be me. But that's no. because of a caliber thing. We will find uh, somebody that can fight him. Raph, crazy storylines. You're Team Gary. I'm definitely... Mm-hmm. Well, no, you're not, and I'm definitely not Team Covington because it's like I don't understand him, but he's beating Gary's ass, and uh, I think we all agree that Gary kind of sucks. So, fun jujitsu oriented focus, but... That's, I mean, it's time for some shout outs, right? Is that where we're at? Yeah, I think that's where we're at. I want to shout out Maine. First of all, to the woman riding her scooter with uh, going 35 and a 45 and like swerving at us and flipping off our giant SUV. I just wish I got to know her. <laughs> the bravada and the grass on that woman was like, I need to know more about her story. I just assume she's awesome, and I am sad we didn't get the chance to connect. Maine was gorgeous. We were there to celebrate my grandmother. We did a sea burial raft, which I have never been a part of. It's intense, very cool, gorgeous. Maine is, wow, it is different. uh, We drove up Highway 1. I got to see all of my father's side of the family. Um. Two aunts, two uncles. It's just great to see. That's a great aunt. Just kicking over, just crushing up the Scudic Point rocks. Maine is gorgeous. It's always good to celebrate some time with family. And that will do it for me, Raph, in uh, terms of some shout-outs. Let's start here. Let's start with the L.A. Jiu-Jitsu Club. L.A. Jiu-Jitsu. Good news on this front, everybody. The Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club... Normal times for training, Monday, Wednesday, Friday of this week. However, Thursday, if you're listening to this, and I don't know when you do, uh, but Thursday of this week, there is no training at 1130. Uh, Our good friend Eric Medina is taking his wrestling team out uh, for like, I think like a woods trip and uh, taking them on site to get a little bit of a retreat out. So good news to them. 
enjoy your time off. But if you guys are so inclined, Wednesday and Friday, 8 a.m. But otherwise, it's normally Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, 8 a.m. And Tuesday, Thursdays, 1130. All right. Let's also do a shout out to Brandon McCatherine or Kraken. McCracken uh, is an awesome, like, maybe fight name for him. The McCracken. McCatherine. Brandon. That's not bad. (laughs) So Brandon was very nice. We had some back and forth. Uh, That's when I heard that uh, our good friend Johnny is going to be on his show. So go listen to that after you listen to ours. Obviously, listen to ours first and rate ours first. Don't go rate Brandon's. Rate ours first. If you are so inclined to do that afterwards, you're welcome to go ahead and rate his afters. But, Kev, this is how you know that Brandon, he wears a gi for the kids' class. And that's great. I'm glad that he he teaches in Dutch gi. However, he put out a video today where he found that one of his students in their gis had a Cocoa Puff. Yes, the cereal Cocoa Puff fall out of their gi. And... She seemed to be shocked by this. And I said, you clearly don't roll enough ghee to know that is 100% normal. I I'm, I do love seeing him in the ghee. I always get a little confused for a second. Well, it what? is very confusing because you stop. And then and I always remember it. it's like, oh, the kids class. Got it. Okay. Right, right, right. Teach the children. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. It's also, yeah, it's a little sure. It's cool. I mean, um, the ghee's fun. It's kind of but, a fun thing. We're hearing that he's crushing it on his uh, podcast, so he's doing a daily podcast for 365 days. Uh, some of them are short for him. I'm sure when I'm on, it'll be a long-form one. Although, if he does interview me in five minutes and it's good, bless his soul. So, uh, look for that coming up very, very soon. And I want to send a shout-out to the good people over at Valley Martial Arts Center. Some. Big congratulations to our good friends, uh, Seamus, and to my pals, um, both Steven and Jeff on their promotions, all very well deserved. So, uh, VMAC, always good training there, and um, it's good stuff on that side. So, always come train with us. We're very nice people. And a big shout out to my homie, Jake, who was training with us at both VMAC and the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, who is heading back to his motherland of the UK. And uh, he was always very, very nice to us. And we were glad that we were able to send him off in style here at both clubs. So we hope that you're traveling nicely. And the nice part is he was saying, he's like, oh, don't worry. Don't miss me. I'll be back a lot. And I was like, well, then why are we saying goodbye? And he's like, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not coming back like every day. I'll be back like here and there, but then I'll come back. And I was like, I don't, I'm already gone. Okay. Bye. The the moment's over. <laughs> it's don't, don't ruin it. It was nice. I said, have a nice life. And I thought we were done. I'm going to come back anyway. So to Jake, thank you very much. And I also want to give a big shout out to my good man, Pablo, because Pablo is doing some amazing stuff. He hooked me up with some amazing food. Um, he's starting his own, uh, kind of like little food business, the pre-packaged meals. Kev, if you know anything about me, it's that I love getting good meals. But if you can't find a good meal, what do you do? You eat a bad one with high calories and fried and greasy. It's just so easy. 
it's really terrible. And one of the nice parts of he him doing it, it's got a whole bunch of you know breakfast, lunch, dinner kind of options. It's called Fire Grub. So Fire Grub meal prep. Go look that up. A lot of the stuff he gave me four samples of stuff, and it was all fucking stellar. I want to tell you this right now. If you have the opportunity to get, he has like a little steak that he cooks. Eat that. It was so good. It was like really, really good. And I don't want to tell him that because I feel that might let it go to his head. But anyway, I digress. If you're in anywhere in California, look up Fire Grub Meal Prep on Instagram, on Facebook, and you can also go to firegrub.com. It's great meals. So we look forward to hearing your guys' feedback if you do get some. But he is one of the nicest human beings, and I hope that you guys enjoy that food. And I think that's going to do it for me, Kev. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night. And good fight. UFC 225 sucked. 75 fucking decisions with all that. (laughs) The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is Please note, the new number is...